The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to this next edition of Realtree Rebels. Realtree Rebels every single Tuesday on the MPW Digital Network. All podcasts on MPW Digital brought to you by Twisted Tea. I'm Chase Parm and really cool episode today. Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves is going to join us. We taped with him uh, last week when the Braves were in uh, San Francisco. They ended up taking the series from the Giants and they're uh, well on their way to the best record in baseball heading into the postseason. We talked to uh, Austin about a lot of things about his uh, baseball season, his career. He originally uh, was committed to Mississippi State before the Braves took him with the 41st pick in the Major League Baseball draft. Austin skipping college there to start his professional career. He's been locked up by the Braves with a long-term contract. He won the Silver Slugger Award a couple years ago as well. So really highly decorated, having a great season there for the Braves. So we talked to him about baseball, about his connection to Realtree and hunting and much more. We're going to kick that off right here at the top of the podcast. And then after Austin, we're going to talk to Tyler Jordan. He uh, was in Bristol, Tennessee. He was working on some uh, some different fabrics, different patterns for, uh, or a pattern for um, release with Realtree there. They've got some new things coming out here soon. So we talked to him about maybe that process a little bit. And then he was in Oxford for uh, the Grove Collective weekend a couple weeks ago when Camary and Franklin committed to the Rebels. So some insights into that. We're going to talk about the weekend, talk about what it was like there when the uh, five-star committed to Ole Miss. So all that coming up this week on Realtree Rebels again every single Tuesday on the network. Last week, Bill Jordan, the founder of Realtree, great stuff from him. So go back, check that out if you have not already listened to it. And then today, Austin and Tyler as well. we got great guests coming in the coming weeks. So uh, sit back, and here we go. We'll kick it off now with Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves. Austin Riley now joining us. You've got a little time to kill, Austin. Appreciate the uh, the minutes with you today, you guys in San Francisco, Giants, Braves, to uh, tonight, the day we're recording, Friday, August uh, 25th. I'm, we, we talked a little bit about this before we started the show are, are, you, are you pounding coffee, water? What are you doing during the day waiting on the bus? You said the bus is still coming uh, mid-afternoon. Are you a Netflix yeah. binger? What are, we, what are we doing all day? Um, well, like I said, we talked a little bit before. It's just like the West Coast travel always jacks my sleep up. I was up at uh, 5.30 this morning, just like wide awake. Couldn't couldn't uh, go back to sleep. Um, so it's, it's a 
I'm on my third cup of coffee. Um, okay. Little little YouTube watching hunting videos. Uh, just trying to buy buy some time. Uh, that's that's kind of what I do in, in the hotel room. We we do have quite a bit of time. Um, you know, before the field. So, um, you know, I, I love watching hunting videos. Um, and and that's that's really really about it. Uh, keep it keep it simple. So. What are you watching? What's the hunting videos? You, we, we watch, we're watching I've, deer getting stalked. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Def, definitely deer hunting. Um, I'm pretty sure I've yeah. watched about every episode on YouTube when it comes to deer hunting. Um, Realtree actually, you know, partners up with uh, Midwest Whitetail. I think they do a great job of, mm-hmm. of what they do. Obviously, watch the 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 road trip shows. Um, just anything really bow hunting. I love to bow hunt. Um, so anything like that, I can, you know, I, I gravitate towards. So yeah. You get to the park, and I mean, obviously, you guys got BP, and you got stuff going on. But what's sort of the pregame routine? I mean, is there a lot of dead time to kill between? Because you got six, seven hours for first pitch, technically. Right. It, yeah, hours. there is um there is a decent amount of dead time where it's just more or less just sitting around. Um, you know, my my routine is like I said, I, I try to keep things simple. Um, you know, I I hit in the cage, I get in there. Everybody, you know. That knows Braves baseball knows about Ron Washington's uh, infield drills. Got to do those. Yeah. Um, that's those are a must. And then um, later in the season, I typically don't hit BP as much, just because it's so hot. Um, trying to conserve energy as much as possible. Um, so you know, days I do hit BP, go out there and hit BP, come back in, grab a quick bite to eat, and then get ready for the game. The days I don't, it's like I said, it's more more a lot more downtime. Um, you know, playing every day, it's, um, you know, you, you try to get into some sort of routine that just, you know, kind of keeps you more or less get you loose before a game, um, keeps you fresh. And that for me, that's what it is. You know, I don't take a whole lot of swings in the, in the cage. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I do a couple of tee drills, a couple of flips, and then then I get ready, get ready to, to for the for the game. You brought him up. What's Ron Washington like day to day? Just hanging oh, out. He's he's the best. Um, he's you know we talked a little bit before about yeah. you know Bill Jordan can tell stories. Um, Ron Washington is the exact same way. You can sit there and um, and he's got a story for for everything. Um, he's just you know very. I always tell people he's so attention to detail. Um, you know, for for me personally, coming up, um, you know, the question was was I going to be able to stay at third base? Mm-hmm. Uh, bigger guy. Um, you know, I, I've I've made my fair share of errors, and you know, working with him, he's the reason why I've completely, you know, basically changed my defensive, you know, game. Um, you know, he's allowed me to stay at third base. Like I said, the attention to detail for him, I think, has been the biggest thing. He just he sees the he sees the little things, um, and it's 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 very impressive. Um, and like I said, he's genuine. He cares. Um, it doesn't matter if you have a you know one day in the big leagues or, or 15 years in the big leagues, you know, he's going to try to try to help you as much as possible. And, and I think it, you know, it comes from a, a really good place. What's that maturation been like defensively? I mean, you mentioned it staying at third base, playing a more premium defensive position there. Um, you know, in, in the infield, were there times in minor leagues and things you thought, Hey, I'm going to do this or that. I mean, where was your head sort of on what might be the end result for you there? So I've, you know, I've always, I'm, pretty stubborn when it comes to I, like I'm gonna figure it out so I've yeah. always like in my deeply in my mind I was like hey I'm gonna be a third baseman um wh- whatever it takes um I did come up and make my debut in left field um mm-hmm. I had like five games in the minor league that called me up or called me and was like uh my AAA manager was like hey you're gonna start playing some outfield 
uh, played like four or five games, and the next thing you know, I, I was in um, you know left field making my debut. Then you know Josh Donaldson was there in 2019, and then after you know after that year, um, you know stuck to stuck to third base. But I think it was just like I said, more of like the stubbornness of uh, I'm going to figure it out. Um, and you know cause I made. I don't like to say it, but in, in low A, I made 30 errors that year in 135 mm-hmm. um, like games. So um, I've come a long way. Um, but like I said, it, it all comes from from Wash. You know, I was able to to work with him in spring training before I got called up, and then it's just kind of carried over. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a crazy crazy ride. I love call-up stories. What do you kind of remember from your first game? And then in, in addition to that, again, playing a position that's not necessarily, I mean, it's, it's not your, your normal place. I mean, what was that, what was that day and that those couple of days like? It was, it was wild. Um, so my, my manager actually, Damon Berryhill in AAA didn't have my correct phone number, was trying to get a hold of me the night before. Uh, I was actually in Colby Allard's room, left-handed pitcher and somehow figured out that, you know, we hang out together. So he called him and I ended up being right there with him. He hands me the phone. He tells me, um, which was, you know, crazy. He's like, Hey, you're, you're getting, you're getting called up to, to the big leagues. You know, you're going to be playing left field. Um, so I was, you know, it was a whirlwind. I called my, you know, first thing I did was call my mom and dad. Um, and then my wife, Anna, uh, and it was the next 48 hours were really fast. Um, you know, just like I said, trying to get to everything packed up to get into the, you know, the airplane to get to, to Atlanta, um, you know, travel, trying to get as many people there as possible that, you know, were close to me. I think I had, you know, 30 or 40, you know, family and friends that came to it. Um, and, you know, like I said, playing left field, I was nervous as all get out because, um, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I played five games um, in left field. And then, you, you know, something you dream up as a little kid and you got to go out there and try to perform. Um, and it was that that day was special. Um, struck out my first at bat, you know, and then and then hit a homer my second at bat. Uh, my dad, you know, I still remember vividly. Uh, they still talk about it. Frank Gore talks about it quite a bit. It's like they, the video of my dad's beer going, you know, mm-hmm. all yeah. over the place, um, which is was cool. Um you know, just sharing that with with family and friends and, and my wife was, you know, something that you know I'll never never forget. So you'd like to say you dream of it as a little kid and what you what you work for 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 you know have, you know since like I said since I was a little kid. It's crazy. Did you get the ball? Oh yeah, definitely yeah, had the ball. Um, it's back home at my my mom's house, uh, mom and dad's house. She she's uh, she's got in keepsake. So you mentioned minor leagues, and I mean I. I, I cover college baseball, call, cover the guys that when, when, when they go pro and dealing with several old Miss prospects right now as they kind of make their way through the system. What's the biggest adjustments, double to double A and then to triple A, and he's getting through? What, what, what are those guys dealing with the most at those two levels that are the same or different? You know, for me, I think it was double uh, A AA to triple A was I think there's just the adjustment that pitchers make from a hitting standpoint, for like the, the adjustment that pitchers make on the hitters, um, you know, I feel like that it's quicker from a standpoint of, you know, guy may, you know, see that you, you know, you're vulnerable to a slider and then he's going to, you know, once he's going to, you know, basically give you that until you say, till you show that you can make that adjustment. And then as soon as you make that adjustment, he's got another plan and he's going to try to attack you a different way. And it's just that cat and mouse game of trying to make the adjustments that he's making. And then it's just back, it's a back and forth game. Um, and I think that's to me the biggest difference. From double A, triple A, triple A to to the big leagues. 
you know, I was, I, I guess I was doing a little prep for the podcast and I saw that, um, Chipper had had an explanation on some of your improvement and he had mentioned that he worked on you with, with sites. And, and that was the word he used. What, what, what that, what, did, what does that necessarily mean? And take me through kind of what your adjustments have been at the major league level. Um, so for me, it was like what he, what you're talking about. Like he was always, he's always talked about, and it's made a lot of sense to me. It's just like, instead of, you know, hitting it over the wall, hit it through the wall. Um, and I just kind of look, that's that lowering your sights a little bit. Um, and, you know, line drives turn into homers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's just, it keeps you more on, on plane and, and it's a more consistent swing. Um, and that's, that's been an adjustment. He actually said it to me, um, about last, last week. Um, okay. and he was like, Hey, let's, let's, let's hit it through the, you know, through the center field wall versus over it. And, you know, it, it got me back on plane. It's just a, those little cues, um, that this game is, you know, one, a hitting coach is, the hardest thing in the world to do, in my opinion, it's just because one thing that, you know, may click for somebody doesn't click for somebody else. Um, and, and just those adjustments that you have to constantly make to, you know, you know, I may tell myself, um, you know, swing, you know, a ball over the actual ball that keeps me on playing what I think it is, but it actually, it's doing something totally different. It's just tricking your mind. Um, so I think those are the, the adjustments that you're constantly making, um, to keep you keep you locked in, and th- th- that's those are, that's been a big one. Um, you know, I struggle with a little bit of like a hip slide, um, mm-hmm. so just working working through that. I have you know a couple drills that I do to 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 be more rotational, um, and allows me to you know because everybody throws a hundred now. Uh, yeah. There's no such thing as the guy that comes in and throws ninety. Um, you know, so it's like every you got to be you know. It's, crisp and as clean with your mechanics as possible so it's just you know working working through that stuff yeah do, do you sometimes step back and go how in the hell do we hit because i mean you watch pitching ninja and all this stuff and you see the tilt oh, yeah. and break and all the stuff and you go you know sometimes I, I don't know how i get on base or get a hit you know 30 no, percent the time. yeah i mean i've swung at some balls that have been in the left-handed batter's box and you yeah, know yeah. you look back and you're like well it started Inner half of the plate. Next thing you know, it's it's gone. Um, no, so I mean, the guys, you know, just technology and and these, you know, you hear about drive line, all these, you know, mm-hmm. these this technology companies that are able to, you know, hone in on crafts and you know, make them more precise, more clean. Um, you know, it's just you know you got spin rates and everything that you know guys are throwing. Some guys are throwing ninety two, ninety three. That you know, I'm having to time up. 96 97 because they you know they don't come down they got that spin rate that stays at the top of the zone um it's it's crazy that you know i don't know where it peaks um but yeah it's it's definitely tough to you know guys that you know take jordan hicks he's got 102 mile an hour sinker that may Mm -hmm. run 17 inches you're just like how how am I supposed to? How am I supposed to hit that? Get lucky, I guess. Sometimes. <laughs> well, and yeah, this this sounds like a really dumb question, but are you are you seeing the ball all the way through, or are you guessing it break once you see where it's coming to some extent? I mean, when a ball's going that fast, what's the difference? You're definitely, I'd say, you know, for me, um, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I'm basically shaping to a spot. Sure. Um, you know, because you can't cover both sides of the plate. So it's like, you know, I may, depending on how the pitcher may break me down or what, how he's going to attack me, I may, you know, pick one side of the plate and like, hey, I'm going to shape to this spot. And, you know, if he's got a sinker, if I see it here, that's where I know I can go because I know it's going to run back. Um, so it's, you know, you're definitely trying to 
not, I guess, you know, play angles, play, you know, I, I call it hunting windows. Um, mm-hmm. It's just my terminology is like I'm hunting one spot. I'm, you know, I'm going to it. If I don't see it there, I'm checking off. Um, and it, I think it just allows me to, to, to hit mistakes more. What's the snowball effect of just getting to hit in a lineup like you do, though? Because, I mean, like I said, you guys are one to nine. You're relentless. I mean, you, you you probably, you know, I mean, I know you're in it every day, but you, there has to be a lot of appreciation for the guys around you, the team that's been put together, and, and, and what you guys are able to do to, to keep pressure on. No doubt. Um, you know, I've, I feel fortunate to be in a lineup like this. I mean, it's just yeah. one through nine. Um, you know, you kind of sit back and, you know, throughout a game and just like wonder who's going to, Who's going to go off that night? Who's going to carry, you know, pretty much carry, carry us, um, you know, when, you know, it's, it's, it's impressive. And then when we're all clicking, it's, it's, uh, we make it tough for, for, for pitchers. Um, you know, I think it just goes to, to show what, you know, our front office does. Alex has done a great job of, you know, not only getting, you know, really good players, but really good people that have a, you know, one similar common goal of just, you know, trying to win as many ball games as possible. Um, and, and, you know, we, we vibe really good in, in our clubhouse. Um, I think that goes to me, I think that goes a long way, um, in a long season with guys so much, uh, having a good core clubhouse that, you know, are good people that, you know, root for each other, uh, want to win ball games. Um, you know, it makes it, it makes it fun coming to the yard every day when, when you do go through those little stretches, when, when things aren't going right, um, you know, I think we we get closer as a group and and lean on each other, and and it keeps those those ebbs and flows, you know, more on the up than than on the down. Is there a comfort too? And and I get it's a business, and things can possibly change and things. But I mean, locking so many of you guys up long term, where you know the barring whatever, you know, there's a there's a core that's that's going to be together for a while, and you know, you're you're going to know a lot of your teammates again, barring things that. Do yeah, happen. I mean, definitely, um, super blessed to be in the opportunity of you know to sign a, a longer term deal. Um, you know, with a with a lot a lot of other guys that, you know, I think it's just, you know, you you form a bond and, and know that, you know, we're trying to win. Um yeah, and yeah. we got, you know, I think that's the the ultimate goal is, you know, seeing that our front office um is 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 putting that effort into in to trying to win ball games and, and it may you know, like I said, it makes you want to come to the yard and, and be the best version of yourself. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, be trying to, trying to win a, win a ring for the next, you know, five, six, seven years, however, however long that, that run is. Such a long season. You guys have got a pretty good lead in the division right now. have the best record in the national league. Um, from a mindset change of getting here into late August, early September, and being in this situation you guys are in, which obviously is preferred versus a pennant race where every day feels whatever. Do you, do you, you know, is there a different mentality? I mean, do you have to kind of lock in a different way, you know, day to day? I mean, what is, what, what is sort of the difference or what is, what is the mentality you take to the yard every day? I think it's, you know, Wash actually, you know, hits on this quite a bit in, in, in our meetings and stuff. It's just like, if you're, you know, looking at the, you know, looking behind you, you, you know, you're not looking forward. Um, you got to be in the moment. And I think it's, you know, that's something that we, you know, try to take pride in and try to, you know, hone in on every day is just come in and, and, you know, take the day for what it's worth and, and try to, try to win the day. Um, and, and just, you know, see, not worried about, you know, standings and, and what's at the end of the, mm-hmm. the you know, the tunnel, um, just be in that moment. And, and, you know, I think you set yourself up for, you know, more success um, and, and not get caught up in, in those those numbers and, and um, you know, the leads and stuff like that. Because, you know, next thing, this game's crazy. Um, as we all know, it, it can it can humble you real, real quick and, and, and 
can, you know, take a turn for, you know, not the way you want it to go. So I think, you know, just trying to, you know, attack the day for, for, um, and win each ball game day in and day out and, and see where you're at at the, at the end of it. Is there a different feel in the clubhouse after a couple wins in a row versus a couple losses? Is there an urgency um, to still come in spite of 162 game schedule? You know, I think, I think, you know, there, there definitely is a different, different vibe of just more or less of just, you know, I think it's more, uh, a hungry vibe of like, Hey, let's, you know, we know what maybe the last, you know, two or three days hadn't gone sure. the way it, it, we want it to, but it's like, Hey, tomorrow's a new day. We get to come in and, and, and compete. Um, and, and then, you know, hopefully get it, get on a win streak. So I think that's the, the mindset when, whenever we, um, you know, where we you know, may go through a skid or, or whatnot, I think it's just more of that, that hungriness of, of wanting to get, get back on a, a, a win streak. What does silver slugger mean to you? Best offensive player at third base. You uh, obviously coming off a, a heck of a year that year. I think it means consistent. Um, it's the name of the game for for me. Um, I, I think that's the the ultimate goal is just try to be as consistent as possible. And I think that that's a that's a really good term for for silver slugger. Um, and, and that's like I said, that's all, that's all I'm trying to be day in and day out, be as consistent as possible. Um, it's a, it's a huge honor. You know, want to win a win, want to win more, um, and, and try, like I said, just try to be as, as consistent as possible. I think, you know, if you if you do that, um, you set yourself up not only for, for, um, you know, for, for you know yourself, but for your teammates to help your team win. You're putting yourself uh, in better spots to to win ball games. You have any idea what your highest exit velocity, exit velocity is to today? Any clue? Um, not exactly. I'm. I hope it's around the, the – I know it's not like the Stantons or anything like the 120s, but I, I hope it's like right around like 115, hopefully. What do you, what, I mean, I, obviously, yeah, you got drafted 41st overall. You didn't go to college. What, what do you think you could do with aluminum bat? What do you think it'd go to? Oh, what, what, what could you get it up to? I, ho- I would hope I'd get it up to at least 120. Um, okay. I mean, that's scorching. Um, and, I mean, that's – I definitely have to hit some velo, but I, I, I like my chances yeah. up there. Yeah, I told. I think I told Tyler this the other day. I said I want to get you in the off season. I want to put, like put one of those drop fives in your hands, like from yeah. the late nineties, like the old black magics. I'm like, let's just see what oh, we can yeah. run up there. I want to see where it'll go. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all for it. I think that'd be fun. Like I said, just to get out, do something different, and say, t- test it. You know, I, again, incredibly accomplished. I don't mean this like looking up to anybody necessarily, but you know, you play on such a talented team, and obviously every day playing opponents. Do you almost? find yourself, you know, being a fan of teammates and things like when Acuna does something and you, know, you look up and go, wow, that's impressive. That's something hardly anybody else does. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you sort of see that on a nightly level sometimes? I think, yeah, I definitely, you know, sit there on the, um, on the bench, you know, when, whether I'm, you know, not batting at the time and, and, you know, Ronald hit the homer, Matty hit the homer, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, at third base when Murph throws somebody out, he's got a cannon and just, you know, I honestly just realized how blessed, uh, you know, God has, has, you know, blessed me. Um, you know, it, it's pretty, pretty special the, the, the team that we have and, and, you know, the position that, that I'm in and, and just, you know, try to take it all in and, and, and understand that, you know, doesn't happen um, very often. Um, and, and just, you know, not try to not take anything for granted. Uh, I think that's the, 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 the main thing is just try to soak everything in and, and, be in the moment as much as possible. 
What's your favorite uh, road trip city? Where you like having the uh, day off? Probably Miami. Um, we stay on the we stay on the beach. Um, okay. Typically, all the all the wives come in. We we hang out, you know, by the pool on the beach and, and just you know enjoy enjoy an off day. Um, or not that somewhere with a good golf course. Uh, get out and, and and hit a golf ball. Where's the handicap these days? So I've never actually like really kept my handy handicap. Okay. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot in the you know low 80s, high 70s. Um, okay. I did play not to toot my own horn, Trump Go National in, in Washington, shot a 73. Okay, um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So um, that was my best round ever. Okay. Um, that, so that's been that's been it. But um, I, I, my brother plays golf at the W uh, there in Columbus. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, so I play try to play with him. He kicks my butt all the time, which is you know grinds my gears. Um, so competitive. My dad plays uh, all the time. So it's just you know. I think uh, growing up is just something that we could we could do together um, and 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 bond and stuff. But I, I definitely love it. I'm assuming it's a short game and needs some help because I got a feeling you still get it out there pretty good ways. Yeah, yeah. It it just it depends on the day. Sometimes okay, it, I, gotcha. I, I can hit it. I can hit it far. Sometimes I don't know where it's going uh, okay. off the box. So that's <laughs> to me that's the most frustrating thing. It's like I'll I'll, I'll run around if I can't get off the box. I got to. A driving iron that I'll pull out and just hit it, <laughs> so I can at least try to score. Yeah, it has to be a part of it. Goes, hey, I can hit this hundred and one mile an hour sinker that does this, but this ball is sitting still and I can't just hit it straight. There right, I know it's the, it's so frustrating, and that's what I always tell people. It's like my brother when he gets hot golf. It's like you got the pin. He's like bouncing it, knocking it off the pin. It's like a mm. foot or two, and it's like when I get hot, I'm like still like six to ten feet around there. It's just like it's not fair. I think it's just like the the competitiveness in me is just like trying to figure out how to how to lock it in. It's uh it's good. It's it's uh, it's, it's fun. I love it. How young were you when you realized that it was going to be baseball, not football? That was the path. And you know, when did you think about, hey, I, I'm going to specialize on one thing? I, I know you still punted, but before that, I think it was. Um, so I committed to Mississippi State. Uh, my soft sophomore year uh by christmas mm-hmm. i think you know probably my ninth probably the end of my ninth year year going into my sophomore year when i pretty much when i committed to mississippi state um i, I knew that that was kind of going to be my path um you know for for you know sports wise um still like i said played quarterback my freshman and sophomore year and then ended up just punting uh my junior and, and senior year just because i wanted to be a part of the part of the team. Um, but I think right there around that, that sophomore year, I knew that, you know, that I, I was, um, you know, I didn't even think about the pros at that point. It was just more of like, Hey, I, I had an opportunity to, to, to go play. You know, I dreamed about playing at Mississippi state. So I think it was just, you know, that, that first. Did you go into the draft knowing you were definitely going to sign? I mean, what had you heard from scouts? I mean, was there still a chance you ended up at state that week or was it pretty certain you were going to go so, high enough to hit a number? So uh, most of the teams wanted me as a pitcher. Um, okay. And then yeah, about yeah. a week, so I had three or four pre-draft workouts um, lined up. And right before those, my arm always hurt as a pitcher. And I was like, I, I just – something in my gut was like, tell me, it's like, it's not going to – you know, if I go to Mississippi State, yeah, I'll pitch and see how it goes. But, like, the draft, I'm a homebody, um, you know, 
I was like, if I'm going to go up, you know, in the draft, it's going to be as a position player. So I ended up backing out at of the draft as a pitcher, only going as as a position player. Mm-hmm. Um, and only a couple is the Braves, and I still to this day cannot remember. It was I want for whatever reason I want to say the Cubs, or maybe it have been it may have been Milwaukee actually that you know were were decently interested in me as a um, you know as a position player, and and I had a number, and for me it was life changing. Um, that was kind of like my number. I was like, if if it's life changing, that that's going to be my 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 uh, my cue that I'm you know I can't take up you know pass this opportunity. Ended up um, you know that the you know draft getting getting the number that that you know for me was life changing and and took it um, and, and you know it uh, I definitely say it worked out for the for the best. You find out that night what the number was going to be. When you went, when you uh, no, there? you know, being, you know, me and my parents had, had talked, um, and you know, for, for me, it, it was, um, you know, we, with, you know, I think what we ended up coming up with was, um, you know, if I got a, got a, you know, a million in the, in the bank after taxes, sure. that was, you know, for me, that was going to be, um, yeah. um, you know, life changing, you know, obviously for, for me. So that was, sure. that was where, um, you know, we, we kind of put the number, um, and then, you know, my, um, advisor at the time, Matt, he's my agent now, um, you know, did his work, kind of let him do his thing, got it, um, got it all figured out and, and, and got, got the call. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you buy a new bow or anything? Spurge on anything right there immediately? Um, I got, I bought me a truck. Yeah. Okay. Bought me gotcha. A, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Got me a, got me a truck. Um, that's kind of the, the only thing I, I did. did. Um, and, 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 you know, went to, went to Pro Bowl after. I bet you're watching hunting videos even in the morning, killing time before games. And when in the, in the off season, what's that like for you? And what is the hunting routine? Is it to, is it because it's such a big hobby? Is it a decompression after such a long season? I mean, what what does sort of the outdoors and hunting mean to you at this point in your life? I think it's a little bit of both. Of you know, I I grew up hunting. Um, 
you know, my, my dad, you know, um, you know, from a, the earliest age, I remember shooting, shooting guns with him. Um, and then my uncle Heath got me into, um, bow hunting, um, killed my first, my first, uh, deer with a bow when I was 12, I think, wow. um, okay. or maybe 12, 13, somewhere right in there. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with it ever since. Um, that's, that's all I do in the off season. My wife still messes with me. Uh, now it's like, you got two seasons, you got baseball season and hunting season. Um, so I think it's, like I said, it's more of just, I, I absolutely love being outdoors. Um, and, and, you know, it also is, it's just being out in the tree stand by yourself, decompress with, you know, once season's over with, just kind of reflect on things. Um, you know, that's kind of how me and Tyler met, um, you know, Braves hunting. Um, and, and then we just kind of linked up there and, and, and it, you know, formed a, a great friendship, you know, since. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's, like I said, I absolutely love the outdoors. Um, and, and you know, want to be outside as, as much as possible. What do you remember about that first uh, kill with the buck? when you were 12 or 13 i spine shot him um okay <laughs> yeah so i had to shoot him again um but no oh, just, God. Like, I okay. really, I, yeah. yeah yeah it was uh it was um you know definitely an, an experience that you know i'll never forget i was with my cousin latham um you know we were in this almost like little outhouse type little thing and we were at their house they had some some land um and I remember we had seen a bunch of deer that morning uh, on the left side and I was sitting on the right side or no, I was on the opposite side and we ended up, you know, it was like, Hey, we need to switch just in case they do that again. I'll be ready. Ended up switching and like 30 minutes later, one comes out, gave me an opportunity, took it um, and hadn't, hadn't looked back since. Um, I'd rather have a, a bow in my hand versus a rifle uh, any day of the week. Um, and it's, you know, something that I think it's just like between baseball and, and hunt, bow hunting, that adrenaline rush that you get, um, you know, at the plate versus, you know, when you got a, a deer at, at 20 yards, um, it's, it's pretty, pretty similar for me. Do you do much hunting other than deer or is it pretty much exclusively deer? I do a little bit of duck, um, in the off season okay. and, you know, here recently, last few years, gotten into turkey hunting, um, killed a, a couple of turkeys with Tyler, um and i'm definitely hooked on that now um so that but but mainly i just love love to deer hunt any teammates that are hunters too you got in um yeah a couple uh aj minner's big big deer hunter yeah, yeah, duck yeah. hunter um yeah. trying to think bryce elder um you know he he does a little bit of hunting as well um so he's actually gone on a mule deer hunt in, in Texas, uh, North Texas this offseason. We've been we've been chatting up about that. He's pumped about that. So there, there's a few. Uh, wish there was more, but not, no, no worries. Yeah, yeah. So you get to park here uh, here pretty soon. Are you a big like big meal before the game? Just only after? Are you listening to music? How are we? What, what, what are we doing in that in that period of time? I'm not not big on on much of anything. Just get there. Uh, you know, grab a, grab some lunch. Um, and, and like I said, go through my routine, keep it simple. Sure. I play, uh, I, I've gotten into Sudoku a little bit, really? uh, a little number, okay. numbers game, um, All right. for, for whatever reason, um, play that a little bit. And then now just really right, right now, this time of year, checking deer, deer cameras. Um, these, um, these new cameras that, uh, send pictures to your phone have, have, uh, you know, definitely spoiled <laughs> me. Keep me, keep me entertained before, before games. Tyler jokes all the time. He's like, it'd be like 20 minutes before game. And, 
you know, I'm sending him a, you know, we're, we're, I'm looking at deer pictures and, and he's like, Hey man, you're about to play a ball game. Uh, I was like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm going to be locked in before I, pro- I promise you. Um, it keeps me, keeps me chill, relaxes me. And uh, yes, yeah, that's, that's about, that's about how it goes. Who got you into the Sudoku? Um, pick it so, up? so we actually, so they print off a Sudoku and a crossword every day. They have it at the yard. Um, and I was like terrible at the crosswords. So I picked up Sudoku and just kind of, you know, gotten gotten decent at it. And um, Travi uh, Darno's like a wizard with numbers. Um, okay. So so he he kind of helped coach me a little bit on strategies and stuff. So trying to figure them out. So it's it's a fun little fun little thing to to pass the time. So some of those are like easy, medium, and hard. I mean, you get the same level every day. Do they mix it up? Do they have one. No. Of so I think it, I think what it goes is um, the USA Today is like. Monday's the easiest, and then as it goes out through the week, okay. they get harder. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, it's just, it just starts you out easy and then, then ends, you, ends you hard. So. so that means today you got you, you got a, you got a bear coming here in a minute then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely be – I may be hitting Travi up for some questions on how to how to figure out some numbers because I get, I get stumped quite a bit. <laughs> Last thing, you obviously knew you could hit – I'm going to back up to the first, the first game, though. You hit that home run, your second at bat, is that – is there some validation, calming of the nerves when that happens? I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to strike out the first at bat, but you know it's a long process. What is, what is it, you know, when you get that success that quickly in that second at bat, what does that kind of do for you mentally and in the psyche? You know, I think it, it definitely, you know, because you always, you know, that first at bat, the nerve, you know, you don't, you don't ever, I, I really don't remember it. I mean, because growing up, Yadier Molino was like, one of my biggest, you know, idols for baseball and he was catching. So it's like, I don't even remember what I said to him. Um, and then, you know, like you said, you strike out and you're just like, you know, do, do I have it? Um, is that, is this how it's going to go? Um, and then, you know, like I said, second to bat, lucky enough to, to hit a homer. And I think it just kind of skyrocketed the confidence of, of just, you know, something that you've prepared for your whole life. Um, and just all the, you know, you kind of do a flashback of just like the hard work, the, preparation the blood sweat tears of just the sacrifices you make you know growing up uh, in the summers of not going on the vacation you know you're going to play baseball it just mm-hmm. kind of you know kind of all those rushes of emotions kind of kind of come through and 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 just you know kind of calms calms those nerves were you able to spot parents in the stands I mean, oh was yeah the interaction with your parents after the game what was that what was that yeah no i mean i just you know I remember, like I said, you know, dad and them just, you know, cheering yeah. uh, up in the stands. You know, I could remember seeing them uh, during the game and then just, you know, going going to give them a big hug after um, and, and thanking them because, you know, obviously wouldn't wouldn't be in that spot if it wasn't for them, the sacrifices they make um, from, you know, dad working nights to, you know, mom jumping in a car and us just, you know, driving for forever, her taking me to, to you know, city to city to play play baseball. Um, just those, like I said, those sacrifices that, that they've made. Um, and, and even my, you know, my wife, Anna, just, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't quite understand, you know, when we, cause she was at the draft party, uh, whenever I got drafted and I didn't tell her about it. So she had like no, no clue, uh, what was going on. And then, you know, her learning the game of baseball, um, you know, coming to minor league games and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, like I said, you just almost like can reflect of like all the sacrifices that the people around you had to had to make for you to be in that moment 
Do you still talk to your dad after most games? I mean, you go through things. I mean, what is pretty what much are those every, conversations like after the game? Every night, every okay. night. Uh, yeah, when yeah, he yeah. when he doesn't fall asleep, if not, it's definitely the ne- the next morning. Um, you know, he's he's my hitting coach. We talk every day. It just you know, uh, you know how you know the game went, what I'm feeling. You know, I always uh, you know joke around with my buddies. You know, and, and you know, just he's that. He's a dad that is like, you know, maybe I'm going through a slump or whatever, and I'm swinging at a bunch of sliders in the dirt, and you know, I'll call, you know, not that I'm dreading the call, but it's like, you know, you know, you're gonna have to talk about hitting, um, and you know, you call him, he's like, I'm just not seeing the slider right now. I'm swinging at the ones out of the zone, and you know, next thing he's like, well, just don't swing at it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to, Dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, those are the, the you know. Looking back, those are the you know the, the I wouldn't trade it for the world because like I said the, sure. the sacrifice that he's made, um, you know he's he's been there for me from the ups and downs. Um, so you know you definitely appreciate those those calls. Yeah, well, great stuff, Austin. Really appreciate yeah. it. You got to get on a bus here uh, pretty soon, but uh, let's uh, let's do it again. Maybe after you guys yeah. finish up in late October, and we'll talk then. Hey, maybe after a World Series, but I appreciate you having me. Thanks to Austin for giving us his time today. Great, uh, great stuff from him. So really, really appreciate it as he was waiting on uh, the bus in a couple hours to head into the ballpark there in San Francisco, sat down and gave us that great interview. We're going to get to Tyler in a second for the second half of the show. Before we do that, I'll tell you about Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made the real brewed tea, impacts a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. So whether you're tailgating in the stadium, parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Now here's Tyler Jordan with NPW Digital and Real Tree Rebels. Tyler Jordan now joining us just as we get done with uh, Austin Riley. Great stuff there with him. Tyler, I uh, I guess I talked to uh, Austin a little bit before the show, and then he mentioned Realtree on the uh, the recorded part of it. But when did you kind of come in contact with him? What's your history with uh, with Austin? So Austin was called up in the spring of 2019. I think he was called up in May. But actually, I think it was uh, it may have been September, October of 2018. Uh, actually, Austin and I were DMing on Instagram. And at the time, it's so funny looking at it now. I'm, I'm sure I haven't even looked at it, but he's probably got a couple hundred thousand followers at least on Instagram. And at the time, he only had 5,000. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell by, you know, and I honestly had no idea who Austin was. I'm an avid Braves fan, but I didn't know where he was in the Braves organization, um, you know, how close he was to being caught up. But I saw just on his profile, obviously just a big hunter. And so I said, hey, man, you know, we've had some Braves players over the years between Chipper Jones and others, you know, come down and hunt with us on the farm. Um, You know, I reached out to him and I said, look, if you have any opportunity to to get down here this fall, you know, after baseball, would love to have you. So we actually had a trip scheduled at the farm. He was going to come over from Mississippi and Hernando where he lives and he was going to stay four or five days. I think he came like that second week in December. But. I didn't even really know it at the time that he was committed to go to state. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually the first time I ran into him was at the library 
2018, uh, I met him and his now wife, Anna, uh, saw them out at the, uh, at the bar, at the library that night. And so I think he even recognized me first and came over and started talking, but you know, that's actually the first time we met in person. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I've told a lot of people, you know, you and I have talked about it some, I mean, Austin is as good as they come, just a really good person, you know, somebody that you'd want to have, you know, you know, not just for a baseball franchise, but just running your business. Um, and a dang good hunter too. I mean, Austin, you know, probably one of the most, you know, dedicated hunters that I know, um, you know, especially the people I've come across in that profession. And so we hunted together in December. I don't think he tagged a deer, you know, with us at the farm. Um, and then at spring training every year, we go down there and hunt Osceola turkeys, uh, that first week of March. And it just so happened that first year, Austin had two days he could go and, and hunt if he wanted to. Um, so in 2019, that spring of 2019, Austin shot his first, I think it was his first turkey ever. I don't think he had ever mm -hmm. turkey hunted. Really. Uh, so he shot his first turkey, first Osceola with us. Um, you know, then he was called up a couple of months later in May. We went to his first game. Uh, some of our buddies, uh, you know, from Realtree that Austin got to know over the last, you know, several months, um, all went to the game. And so, you know, really happy and, and proud of him, just everything he's accomplished. Right. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, World Series champion already. You know, they're having a great run right now. And um, so couldn't couldn't happen to a better guy and just, you know, proud to call him a friend. Just for lexicon purposes, I know throughout the course of the series, you'll probably mention this, but uh, explain the farm to the listeners. What are you talking about? Oh, so so our so our Realtree Farms, our, it's our home property in Georgia. Um, it's just north of Columbus, Georgia, where Realtree is located. Um, and forts in Georgia is where it's at. And so we have about, um, you know, it's, it's probably 3,400 acres, um, you know, between everything that we have, it's two separate tracts of land, um, you know, that separates them about, you know, once 1200, um, you know, where the lodge and everything is, that's where Austin stayed. Um, but it, they're about 10 miles apart from one another. So that's where we do a lot of our deer hunting, turkey hunting, um, we do a little bit of duck hunting on there, dove hunting. So, uh, you know, if I'm not traveling somewhere, that's probably where I spend most of my time, you know, where I live in Columbus, it's only about, you know, 15 minutes from the farm. So, you know, we, we do a, we do a lot of, you know, our hunting at home off of there. Is that an area too, where you can test some different patterns, some of your photography and things like that? Can you use that space for some of those purposes? Yeah, I mean, it's where we do most of our testing. You know, dad will go up there with a couple of the designers, uh, photographers as well, you know, taking pictures of like different trees or leaves that he sees. You know, it's just funny how his mind and eye works, but like he'll see something and just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's got to take a picture of it. I've taken multiple pictures of, you know, on my phone and, you know, taking it back to the office, you know, to try to incorporate that into a pattern of some sorts. Um, you know, but as far as testing, yes, I mean, like we're working on a pattern right now that's going to replace Realtree Edge. And, um, you know, we're doing a lot of the testing on the farm. You know, we take it to different parts of the country, too. Uh, but kind of the nice thing about the farm is like you can test it, you know, in, in all kind of different times of day, different lighting, morning, afternoon, night, um, you know, early evening. Um, you know, and it's crazy. Like, you know, you just, it, it changes the complexion of the pattern and, you know, those different times of day, um, you know, but that's where we do a majority of our, you know, field testing of, of camo patterns. 
I'm going to ask you a little bit about that in a minute. Before I do that, I, I didn't want to let time get away too much from a part of the year standpoint before going back to the uh, the Grove Collective weekend. You were in town a couple of weeks ago for uh, that. It ended up being a pretty neat kind of serendipitous thing. I, I was joking with you over the course of the weekend is you're uh, you're there and everybody's kind of together when uh, Camarion Franklin commits to Ole Miss. Uh, what's uh, what, what, what's what's going down when you uh, when you found out the five star was headed to Oxford? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty excited. You know, I'd heard from a couple of people. Obviously, you just don't want to, you know, uh, get too excited because, you know, this recruiting process, I know you've seen it. I mean, things can change. But, you know, a couple of people in the program felt pretty confident that it was going to happen. And so, you know, when I saw the crystal ball kind of switch to, you know, him coming to Ole Miss, I mean, you know, kind of exciting, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I feel like we're Ole Miss, you know, really, um, you know, could use some big playmakers. Uh, you know, just excited to get another one, you know, added. So I know Pete Golding have talked to him a little bit, you know, got to meet him, you know, during that Grove Collective weekend and just what a phenomenal job that he's done kind of turning, you know, that defense around in a short amount of time. And, um, you know, so it, it, uh, it definitely was a good way to kick off that, you know, Grove Collective weekend, uh, you know, I think for a lot of the big donors that were there and, you know, got to meet a lot of, you know, people, a part of the program that I've never met before um, that have contributed and, you know, that are just big old Miss people. So I think all in all, you know, the weekend couldn't have gone any better, you know, really enjoyed meeting with all of them. Um, so, you know, it kind of, you know, I think we're in a really good position, you know, where what Walker's done. I mean, if, uh, you know, I've said it before, but, you know, if not for Walker, Jones, you know, coming and uh, enlisting, you know, really kind of getting this thing started. No telling where Ole Miss would be, but we're in a great spot because of what Walker's done. So just really thankful for his leadership and, you know, really dedicating a lot of his time um, where he could be doing probably a lot more productive things, you know, to this initiative. Uh, you know, it's just put Ole Miss and you can just tell the coaches have a lot of confidence in the spot that we're in right now. So, um excited for the future and I you know I'm, I'm glad we had a really good week of fundraising too yeah you know it's the fascinating thing about that is I feel like it was a really serendipitous deal of Cam Franklin commits that morning and you know I don't know how to put a tangible effect on it but at the same time it had to boost morale fundraising all those different things for that week you had a great day went over a million dollars on the first day went over you know the, all the goals for the course of the week but he commits to a different SEC West school that morning. That probably changes the tone a little bit. I mean, it's for something that was planned so far in advance, you had no idea Cam Franklin's going to do it that day, that it's going to be Ole Miss, all those things. It was it was one of those where the universe was kind of looking out for Ole Miss a little that morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the timing honestly couldn't have been any better. You know, I think we were up in the Rebel Club, um, you know, whenever it got announced. And, you know, I was – I had had it. Like, it was such a busy day that I kind of forgot about when he was announcing – but a lot of the donors, you know, some of the other people that were in the room with us, um, you know, they had it on their phones and were playing it. And then whenever he committed, I mean, you would have thought that Ole Miss just scored a touchdown. And so, we, you know, we were watching. Uh, they had a, you know, a private scrimmage and we got to, you know, watch it and be a part of that, which was cool to see. But, I mean, just the the room just erupted in cheers. And so, I mean, it, like you said, it definitely played played a little bit of an impact on the fundraising and, you know, the excitement level. Um, you know, that kind of carried through the rest of the day. So, you know, the stars really couldn't have aligned any better. Um, but yeah, glad, uh, glad he's going to be in Oxford. How'd you uh, feel like the shoe turned out? The shoe turned out really good. You know, I, I feel like some people thought that we had a lot more to do with it than what we did. 
Um, you know, we just allowed them to use our design. Like, on, sure. you know, we saw several different renditions of the shoe. And honestly, we didn't pick or have anything to do with the final decision. You know, I think that was Coach Kiffin's call with it kind of being his signature shoe. But I thought it looked really clean, um, you know, and most importantly, raised a lot of money for the collective, which was the whole purpose of this thing anyway. So, you know, I've talked to a few people. I know Javon Patterson had a big, you know, um, I think he was maybe the one responsible for finding the artist, um, you know, to that got involved with the shoes. So we've already talked about some just different ideas for next year. But again, I mean, our, our inputs, you know, other than the camo pattern is very limited. We want to make sure Coach Kiffin and, um, you know, everybody else feels comfortable with the, with the design. But I thought it, it, it turned out good and they sold out. I mean, it's just, it's hard to believe when they told me what they were charging for the shoe. I was like, man, I just don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I would buy one, but I don't know how many people are going to want to buy, but I think it's sold out within, you know, three to five minutes. So mm. uh, just excited for, you know, I, I, I don't wear a whole lot of white shoes. So, you know, the pair that I got, I may have to get signed by coach Kiffin and, you know, put maybe, them up somewhere. Yeah. Put them up in the office or something somewhere. But uh, you know, overall, I think it, I think it turned out great. You know, I'll probably will hit this in a lot more detail as we go on about this series, and and, and we're talking throughout the fall. But you're uh, you're, you're currently at a uh, at a fabric mill, um, and I'm you, you you mentioned the edge being replaced by a new uh, a new design by a new pattern coming out from a uh, real tree. You guys have several things sort of in the works at different stages of production at this standpoint. But just from a brief overview uh, here toward the end of the show, you know, you mentioned your dad having the great eye and taking the pictures and drawings and how everything's digitized today. What is the process from there and idea all the way through production? I mean, what is what is a timeline and what does that sort of look like as it goes from one end to the other? Yeah, so it's it's quite a process, you know, like typically the patterns like edge, you know, that are kind of the main staples of, um, you know, the lifeblood or real tree. I would say those all purpose patterns, they typically have like a five to seven year lifespan, you know, sometimes a little bit longer. Um you know, this one definitely falls in that range, um, you know, but dad always, whenever dad's like, man, let's start working on another camo pattern. I'm like, why, you know, why would I just, you know, I feel like you've already done like as good as you can do, but he said, man, I'm just telling you, you can always make patterns better. There's always something different that you can do. And he fundamentally, he just believes that to his core that he can always do something better and different. Um, you know, so like whenever he starts this process from day one to when it's finished and goes to market, which, you know, it will be in 2024 um, of January when we're going to announce it, you know, it takes sometimes two to three years. And, you know, the hardest part is not even so much, you know, we talked about it before, you know, getting on here, but the hardest part is not so much about coming up with a design, you know, even though that is like a really key element, um, you know, the field testing is really important, you know, taking it to different parts of the country, making it sure it works, you know, in different parts of the Southeast, Midwest, out West, um, you know, dad tries to create the most versatile pattern, you know, specifically when it comes to these all purpose patterns, like your APX, Realtree Extra, Realtree Edge, you know, he wants something that's, that works and is an extremely an effective pattern, but is also versatile in a lot of different situations. So, you know, we, you know, for this, like whenever we get the pattern kind of nailed down, we'll start coming up here to this print mill where we're at, where I'm at right now um, in Bristol, uh, Tennessee. And this is really the trickiest part of the whole process to me, because, you know, these patterns are made up anywhere from 12 to 13 different colors. 
And so you see like all these different types of material, polyester, cotton twill, um, that these patterns are on. But you you start to realize pretty quick that all these colors look completely different on different types of material. It's so hard to manipulate and get it to look like the one that dad got on screen, the one that he really wants to go after. Um, so, you know, it can be, you know, this process can sometimes take up to, you know, six to 10 months. I mean, it just depends, you know, the more colors that you have, um, you know, the harder it is to kind of like get narrowed down on, you know, different types of materials. Um, you know, so, so that's what we're doing up here right now is just trying to, you know, get those materials and get those colors to match the original um, that we started with um, and kind of go from there. But, you know, when all that when all is said and done from marketing to the testing to building out the campaign, um, commercials, print, you know, it's a it's a two or three year process from start to finish. Um you know, some patterns that are less colors, like if you have ones that are, you know, in that five to six color, um, mm -hmm. you know, family, it, it's, it can be a little bit shorter, but, but um, you know, it still takes a lot of time. So like up here, we're working on, you know, three different patterns for 2024, which is a little bit high for us. Like typically we go into the year with one, you know, maybe two, but we're going to have three that we're working on for 24. So um you know, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. And then the fishing patterns, you know, we, that's a whole nother element. You know, we, we try to do at least every couple of years, one or two more um, in the fishing, you know, some of those are going to be exclusives for, you know, different companies. Like we work with Columbia apparel, you know, Columbia does a lot of our patterns and typically the patterns that they carry, you know, they'll be exclusive for them. Um, we have, you know, a couple other partners that we do the same thing with, but um you know, and then we have like, a you know, our fishing pattern that's more for us that we use just across the board. Like Wave was one of those patterns, Wave that we use for Old Miss. I mean, Wave, I would call like our, you know, kind of our staple brand that's not an exclusive to anyone. You know, we license it to everyone that we, uh, you know, that's in the fishing space. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's a tedious process, you know, more for me, like being up here is just learning, you know, and and being a part of this because dad's done this for a long time. You know, I think every time, every time I come up here, this is my third time, you know, just learn something completely different and you learn just how, just how long it can take. Um, but it's, you know, it'll hopefully be rewarding when it's all said and done. On this in Tulane, two 30 Saturday from uh, new Orleans. What's the, what, what's the plan? How do you, how, how are you going to handle the road game on Saturday? And this is going to be really tough for me because actually the uh, opening day or deer season is going to be Saturday. So we got a couple of deer on our place in Georgia where I'm going to try to hunt. And if I can watch at least the first half, um, you know, I'm going to try to get in the tree stand by 430. So I don't know if I'll be able to watch it on my phone or not. Um, but if I can, I'm certainly going to try. But, you know, the, the, the plan is to watch at least the first quarter from home. And then, uh, you know, got about a 25 minute drive up to the farm, but, you know, at least going to try to catch some of it, but uh, definitely going to be a little bit anxious for that one. That's a pleasure uh, hunt, not a business hunt. I'm assuming that's just you on the first day. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to film it. So just okay, about everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we're, we film a lot of our stuff, even on our own place, but um, we got a couple of pretty big deer showing up. You know, one of them's daylighting right now. The other one's really, 
he's still a little bit, uh, you know, he's showing up about an hour after dark, but you know, if, if they're, if they're still daylighting a day or two before the season opens, I'm probably going to try to, you know, at least go try it if the wind's right and everything. So if the wind, you know, is not right and uh, you know, he's maybe not daylighting and not regular, maybe I'll sit and watch the game, but you know, the plan is right now to go get in the tree somewhere. Again, Ole Miss Santa, Tulane, 2.30 for that. Can't thank Austin Riley enough for uh, his time on this week's show. Hopefully we uh, – I told him we'll talk to him again maybe after a uh, a World Series berth here in a uh, in a few months, and they're getting close to uh, done with their season. So he's having a great year. Really appreciate his time. And, again, new episodes every single Tuesday here on MPW Digital with the Realtree Rebels. So uh, for Tower, I'm Chase, and we'll talk to you again next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.